Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to My Millennial Money Property. Today, John, we're talking about regional locations. Yes. Now, this is... I actually find this one really interesting because for a lot of us, we tend to not by default look at regional locations, particularly if you're on the eastern seaboard or maybe around Melbourne or you know any capital cities, mm. but there can be some good things. Again, thank you to Sean Wellman from Wellman Finance. Sean's a mortgage broker out of Melbourne. They've got behind My Millennial Money property and helped us put this together in terms of their support. So, thank you to Sean and the team. You can go to wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3 if you need a good quality mortgage broker. The crew at Wellman Finance, they're authentic, John. Their business and their staff values are simple. They tell the truth, which is a good thing, isn't it? It's handy, isn't it? So, they work hard for their clients and they love to help people. So, you know, they are who they say they are. Mm. And I think any professional that you're dealing with, if you're getting you know, vibes that they're not acting of the way that they present themselves, there's an issue. Yeah. But we've both known Sean and the team from Wellman Finance for some time now. Mm. He's pretty straight up and will tell you how it is. And a spade is definitely a spade. So if you are after a mortgage broker, particularly face-to-face in Melbourne area, yep. reach out to Sean. He can help anyone else anywhere in Australia. Yep. So wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. What do you consider in a regional location? Well, this is close to my heart, as you know. You're being a regional boy? Being a re- <laughs> Very, very regional. So I grew up in a town of about 500 people and the population since has gone south. Wow. So it might be sitting at, I don't know, 200 at the moment, 250. What's the main closest industry near that place? Well, agriculture in general is, is the major industry there. So about 50 kilometres to the nearest larger town which is Horsham was about 18,000 I think last check in Horsham so 18,000 people is it considered a small large or medium regional location I would say medium right so when you look at the top 50 of cities around the country number 50 at the moment last check was Nelson Bay now that's not far from us 27,000 people. Right. So you can see from that listing that the population drops off very, very quickly once you've gone past the majors and the larger regional centres. So it's a very elaborate conversation when we talk about regional because regionals, I think, divided into major regional and then the smaller regionals, right? So we're going to talk about both today. The major regionals, absolutely diverse industry, growing population, still lagging behind a lot of the capital cities, but there's, there's multiple industries with, which insulate you from, from any major dips. But when you talk about towns that have got 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 people in them, 
often what you'll find is the industry is driven by one major industry. And if that industry falls over, you'll see a decline in everything. Population, economy, people moving to larger centres nearby. And as a result of that, obviously, when you're buying property, the rents are going to reduce, the vacancy rates will go higher, and the property price will dip. So why would I buy in a regional location as an investment property? Yeah. Most people buy in a regional location because of its affordability, right? Even as an investment property? Yes. But just because it's cheaper doesn't mean it's going to be better. No, that's right. But Mm. not all Australians think like you and I. Thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Thank hell. In saying that, I've bought in regional locations before, right? Now absolutely knew what my strategy was going to be a lot of people buy in regional locations because of cash flow right so take the Horsham example if I bought in there today I could probably buy something for 150,000 it would rent for 180 to 200 dollars per week so it more than comfortably hold the costs of running that property right with a little bit left over at the end okay is that property going to double in the next five to ten years? Not at this rate because the population growth is not happening. People or large masses of people aren't moving to the area because of job opportunities. As a result, you just don't see the demand on property increasing at any stage. Mm, mm. So yeah, the main one is cash flow. They right. look at it and say, well, it's an affordable entry. I can get in with a 20% deposit. That's 30 grand and it's, it's going to look after itself in most cases. So you, you talked before about towns with one industry. Mm. You know, what else do I need to look out for? I mean, sure, we want to make sure there's at least one industry, yeah. preferably. Like, do I need to look that there's more than one pub, that there's a critical mass of population a hospital or a hotel or a train line infrastructure like yeah well those that have spent a little bit of time with me know that i stop at number 30 around the country in terms of population so when i'm looking at a list here in front of me what have i got i've got mudura coming in at fifty-one thousand. right so anything south of that the risk is increased meaning that there'll be less diverse industry, there'll be less population growth, there'll be less chance of the economy improving, there'll be less money spent on infrastructure. Yes, you may have affordable entry, and yes, the yields may be good, but what is the strategy around buying a property there if Mm. it's just affordability? looking at, and I've just Googled uh, Wiki, the list of cities in Australia by population. Yep. I'll read it from number one. Mm-hmm. Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, Adelaide. Then we move to Gold Coast, Tweed Heads, Newcastle, Maitland, Canberra, Sunshine Coast, Wollongong at number 10. Yep. 11, Geelong, Hobart, Townsville, Cairns, Darwin, Toowoomba, Ballarat, Bendigo, Albury, Wodonga, Launceston at number 20. Mm-hmm. I'll keep going down to 30 just for the sake of... Um, this 21 Mackay, Rockhampton, Bunbury, Coffs Harbour, Bundaberg, Wagga Wagga, Harvey Bay, Mildura, Wentworth at 28 on this list. Yep. Shepparton, Marupa, whatever Marupna. that is. Yep, Marupna. And number 30, Port Macquarie. Yes. Now, it's interesting that, like, let's pick on Townsville 
at number yeah. 13, mm-hmm. would you call that a regional population of 180,000 people? Yes. It's a major regional centre. Yeah. Yeah. So the interesting thing about that list is you've got somewhere like Darwin, which is the capital of the Northern Territory, coming in at number 15. What's 15 yeah. Right. So there's probably eight or nine or ten regional centres that are higher populated than Darwin. So for those living in Queensland, Townsville is an affordable option at a population level that's got diverse industry, Mm, mm. right? Would I move to Townsville for work? Would I move to Townsville for lifestyle? They're the questions we've got to be asking ourselves. Yeah, and interestingly, on this same Wikipedia page, underneath that list of the cities by population Mm. there's another list which i think is probably one better to go by being the property mogul expert that i'm not (laughs) 50 largest urban centers by population Mm -hmm. so because i was looking oh where's like gosford and the central coast where we are Mm. not on the list but weirdly the central coast where we are is number nine on this list yeah so the list so sydney melbourne perth brisbane adelaide gold coast Tweedheads, canberra then number eight Newcastle, Central Coast, Wollongong, Sunshine Coast, Townsville, Geelong, Cairns, Darwin. So Yeah, that, that Wikipedia list is false in a lot of ways. Sure. So the list that I'm reading off... Oh, I mean, the list here, they're going off the 2011 census data and the June 2018. Where are they getting that from on the first list? Yeah, but they've classified cities and towns as, as incorrect on that. Sure. Because for the listeners, you can go to... Dot .id, the population experts, um, and they obviously do this for a living, um, and that's where I've got mine from. Sure, sure. And you'll see Central Coast, for example, is number nine after Canberra. Sunshine Coast is 10, Wollongong 11, Geelong 12. But even if you went to that website, the census data from Wikipedia, and mm. did your own little analysis, yeah. you could still start to see a filter, okay, well... You're in a top 30. That's where you don't go out of the top 30. Mm. Maybe if you want to be a little bit more conservative, you might go top 20 and make your own top 20 list to start yeah. researching. Yeah. And and the common question I get is, okay, I haven't got enough money to get into the top 30, for example, or something decent in the top 30. Do I save for another two years? And that's, that's the conundrum that a lot of people find themselves in. And the answer to that is obviously wide and varied because of people's situation, but we don't always want to buy property just for the sake of it. If we're going to buy a, um, a one-bedroom old unit in some regional town for 80 grand, it could still be worth 85 grand in 10 years' time. However, you might have had a higher year-on-year yield compared to an apartment in the top six. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and that, that's why it's... I mean, we can go on for days about it, but essentially the topic is around buying in regional locations why would you do it and why wouldn't you do it as you mentioned before you've got a sizable portfolio you might have four or five properties you might stick your neck out and and the sixth one might be a regional location that still stacks up in terms of populations going north not south the economy's diverse you can go there and get a a, a comfortable common job and and what i mean by that is has it got education services, got healthcare? Um, trades. Yeah, general trades. We're not relying on, for example, mines, where the ebbs and flows of mining suggests that when mining's great, there's 10,000 people in the town. 
when it's not, there's, there's three thousand, um, and it's just messing with your emotions. So, yeah, I think the question is, as an investor, if you're so hell bent on buying a property to live in, and you have the will or whatever to move to a regional centre and set up your life there, awesome, that's great. Yep. Because realistically. In New South Wales, for example, and probably all the other states, there's a fair chance that if you're a government worker being emergency services frontline or whatever, that type of stuff, yep. the salaries are going to be the same-ish wherever you are in the state. Yeah. I know some of the hospitals regions and the area health services might have more appealing fringe benefits stuff for some of the regional stuff. But that aside, if you want to move out to a regional centre and start your life and live, awesome. But if you want to buy a home to live in and you can't afford it, well, you're not buying in a regional centre unless it's an investment property. Yes. All that to say, do you think there need to be a little bit extra scrutiny on those regions for your first investment property as opposed to one of the top 10 regions? Yes, very good question. Now, I pre-frame by saying if it's outside the top 30, in my mind... Definitely a lot more scrutiny applied. Is outside the top 30 in your mind a no-go? It's not a no-go. It's just a higher scrutiny zone sure. where we need to absolutely research what's actually going to underpin the growth in the mm. next mm. 10 to 15 years. Mm. But if we've had a close enough look on the property markets in the various top five in the last five years, for example, we can comfortably say that if we bought an apartment in Melbourne five years ago, it's going to be worth what I paid for it five years ago or a little bit more, not too much growth. The housing market has close to doubled. Mm. So buying an apartment in the second largest capital city in Australia doesn't necessarily mean instant success just because it's of its population. Yeah, right. Because what comes into play there is the supply-demand. There's, mm. there's just too much supply to suck up the demand Hence, prices not going north. Mm, mm. Now, in the regional centre, it's the reverse in a, in, a, in a way. There's not a lot of supply, but there's also very limited demand. There's not enough people saying, yeah, I want to live in that area. Mm, mm. Um, and that's the key. Yeah, wow. And are you more of the view regional centres? You like to be hour and a half drive from the nearest capital city and and that's like probably we... yeah that that's my hesitation towards somewhere like uh maybe Mackay or townsville or something like that yeah they are standing on their own two feet quite comfortably but if we're living in those centers that's where we're working yes we're not traveling to brisbane to work each day whereas somewhere like uh, a newcastle or wollongong or ballarat or bendigo geelong if we don't want to work in that center we want to go to another higher paying job or another industry yeah, do the commute we can jump to melbourne each day or or, or sydney so mm. i think there's massive opportunity in larger regional locations in the next five to ten years i think we're seeing a shift in people's affordability to live in melbourne sydney which means that they're either going to move to larger regional locations for lifestyle and the dream of living in their own home continues as well as affordability to invest in those locations right they're going and getting a five percent rental yield right now 
as opposed to buying in Melbourne or Sydney where they're lucky to get three. Yeah, and what really surprises me with these, and I can only really speak for New South Wales because I know it better than any other parts of the country, but you've got towns like Dubbo, Bathurst, Orange, Wagga, and then probably down to Albury, Wodonga. When these first homeowner grant things come out and the first home deposit scheme and all that stuff, I'm just so perplexed why the government doesn't give more incentives to attract people out to regional towns. Yeah. You know, let's mm. reignite the bush. You know, let's... Yeah. And, and on one hand, you'd say, well, that's that's sweet and kind to go and do that. On the other hand is, well, that means we need to put more infrastructure out there. We need mm. to grow the roads in between, whereas it's probably easier for them to just keep it all in Melbourne and Sydney and be done with it. Yeah, and be stuck in traffic um, all day. But yeah, you mentioned Dubbo. Like Dubbo on the list is 40 37 odd thousand people yeah so dubbo is a a place where you'd say look it's outside of that criteria of top 30 but But you give it a shake you give a little bit of a shake it's not that far from sydney you're not going to travel every day but it's definitely on its own two feet and not in the middle of nowhere diverse industries etc so it's looking at them one by one and and dissecting it for what it is the common mistake that a lot of people living in the country make is they've already got their own home there. Now we'll buy a second one there and a third one there and a fourth one there as opposed to saying, well, I've got my home here. If that goes up in value, fantastic. But let's maybe diversify. Yeah, let's not put our whole property portfolio within three blocks of, yeah. you know, freaking Lismore or whatever. Yeah. Now, question, if you are living in the city and you want to rent vest and buy in a regional area. Yeah, love it. Would you go and do some weekends out there, get an Airbnb, be engrossed in the community for two or three days and just vibe it out? Or is that getting too emotionally attached? Uh, yeah, it could go either way, couldn't it? Uh, I mean, we bought, a, we bought a house in Western Sydney, sight unseen. And I reckon if we went and saw it, we wouldn't have bought it. Right. And uh, how's it performed? Well, Western Sydney in the last 10 years yeah, has done pretty well. Printed money, yeah. Yeah. So if you're the type of person that needs to touch it and feel it, great, but don't let emotion override. Yeah, I, I just, me, I'm not spending 400 grand on something I haven't actually done some physical due diligence for. Yeah. But that, I, I guess if it's your first investment property, probably yes, but yeah. that one in Western Sydney for you probably wasn't your first no. rodeo. No. And, and what you can find out on the ground... Is it going to be defining? Is it going to give you reinforcement? Is it confirmation bias where I'm buying here regardless of what people tell me? Or is it um, I'm going to that location sceptical and then it's also reinforcing me that I don't actually want to buy there? Mm. I, I don't know. It can go either way. Yeah. I think it's combining the knowledge and the research that you've got with if you want to jump on a plane and go and yeah, and, and I'd probably say if you are buying in a regional city as your first investment property, I'd probably, and I'd inter- be interested to know your comments on this, pick two regional cities to research in tandem Yeah, and just do some DD on both of them. Yeah, yeah, and we've I've done that little case study in our online academy where you pick a few to get your hands dirty, mm. right? You, you almost as though you're playing with someone else's money and let's mm. go and research and see what we come up with. I mean, I would probably not do it if there wasn't a good little espresso bar upcoming <laughs> no. vibey cafe in the city. Yeah. And when we talk about those, like if we're going to a town with 
one pub, a hairdresser's, a supermarket, one petrol station, I'd say stay well clear. Mm. Right. Like it's it's funny, like Gloucester, that's two and a bit hours up the road from here. Yeah. You know, they've got a little, and I don't even know it's there. I haven't been up there for a couple of years. There was a little espresso bar called the Fox Den or something like yeah. that. And it's cool. You know, they try, they got this. So what it, to me, it illustrates, and this is pure, probably from just a gentrification point of view. Yeah. It's not just the old school cafe that's boring. It's like, mm. no, there's new life. Yeah. And yeah. it could be the starting signs of someone younger mm. starting a business and maybe planting their feet there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for what it's worth. I mean. Yeah. Look, you've got to look at it as a whole, don't you? Yeah. I think the other common part of this conversation is not so much regional center, but holiday locations. Like yeah. they're a common one in this mm. conversation, aren't they? Where yeah. And we did an episode on My Millennial Money about buying a, an investment property as an Airbnb. Yes. So if you want to go on over mm. and have a look at that, you can. Yeah. So I, I go to this sleepy hollow for a holiday and how beautiful is this? I'm relaxing, I'm stress-free and I'm on holidays. Gee, I might buy one here. Well, and that was funny. Like, I was at friend's house over the Christmas break and they're up at um, Colnura. Yeah. And, you know, they've got a big thing there and it's overlooking all the fires yeah. and all that. And, you know, you can get 20 acres for 500 grand out yeah. of, like, Laguna or Murray's Run. Right. Like, out that way. Yeah. The next minute, I'm buying a block of land. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I want because I was in the moment, and I was like, "Oh yeah, could buy a farm out there." That'd Can be awesome. Happen, yeah. yeah. So, mm. and I would actually say as well, check for the big infrastructure stuff like internet and phone service. Yes. Yeah, that's like straight up. Yeah, that's um, pretty common. So, just to finish up, what regional locations do you think at the moment show a little bit of promise? Yeah. So, in the last few years, we've seen some pretty strong growth in the likes of Wollongong, Newcastle, Central Coast regions. They've had their way. They're still performing okay. Will they continue to see double-digit growth is the next question. I think there's a, a lot of promise in the likes of Geelong, Ballarat, Bendigo. Geelong's already seen some growth and, yeah, a lot of infrastructure changes going through there as well, access to the surf coast and whatever. So they're, they're probably ones that... I would do some research on. We mentioned Dubbo. Those centres that are that are not too far from the majors, like Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, both within strong earshot of Brisbane, but they also hold their own now. Major hospital, major schooling. There's a, just as many people moving, uh, living in Brisbane, travelling to the Gold Coast as the other way. So, yeah, there, there's definitely some affordability in those regions as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. As you said before, if it's your first investment, you want to stick, in my mind, you want to stick to the top 30 as you're down the path a little bit with your experience and your knowledge and your your risk profile, you can you can branch and out. And just finish up because one, and I've been vocal before, like I want to buy a little um, old shack perhaps in a regional centre yeah. and eventually uh, knock it over and maybe build two villas or something like that. Yeah. As, as an income stream that's far away from me if you could get five hundred dollars a week right from one normal house yeah in an area yeah i would prefer two villas and maybe get 580 a week for the two of them yeah like yes there's a household factor of multiple tenants mm. but you're just diversifying that revenue stream a little bit yeah and if there's a demand for those villas that that type of dwelling in that center then 
Absolutely, it's got legs. Mm. Like a week before Christmas, I found a property for a client for three hundred seven thousand. Wow, it's renting for three hundred twenty dollars a week. Perfect. Like, that's set and forget for the next ten years. He'll have the ability to subdivide or build something at the back if he wants to, and keep the dwelling at the front. So there's multiple options there, and he's two k not even to the city centre. Perfect. In a regional location, so that's a good example of what's out there. Mm. A lot of people, no disrespect to people living in the the big smoke, but they wouldn't see those opportunities when they're just looking in their own yeah, suburb. Yeah, within 20Ks of where they live. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. All right, John, thanks for that chat. Thank Hope you, Glenn. that helped everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Special thanks to Wellman Finance, our podcast partner. Sean Wellman and his team are available to coach you through your property journey, even if it's your first time. With expertise in investment and home loans, they're in your corner providing education and support as you take each step. For more info, check out wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash m3. If you want to really turn up your property, education and information journey, make sure you check out the Solvair Property and Finance Academy. This is an amazing online resource that John has put together. It's to empower and to give results to people who are either first-time buyers whether for their home to live in or an investment property, or if you're a seasoned property investor, this online academy is for you. Check out the link in the show notes. It will change your life if you let it. If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.